Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show and it's been a while since we have done this. We won't get into all my ridiculous life situations. If you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't need to know. But for the next hour or so, we are going to talk about the crazy world of professional wrestling. And my word, what a crazy week it has been. We'll hit WWE, we'll hit AEW, we will hit whatever we feel like. And basically, look, you may have seen some of my live streams on YouTube and now Twitch. I would implore you to sign up for both. So just search for Simon Miller on YouTube and go to twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316. I'm basically trying to migrate all my live streams from YouTube across to Twitch because as it turns out, if you live stream on, uh, live stream on YouTube, it affects your on-demand numbers and your subscriptions, blah, blah, blah. I didn't believe it, but I looked at my analytics and I was like, damn it, it's correct. So we're trying to start a brand new wave here. But the other thing that we always do here on the show, and that's not going to change, it's not going to stop, it's business as usual, is I do have a patron, patreon.com forward slash Simon 316. If you can support, I'd appreciate it. Without it, there's no podcast, there's no YouTube channel, there's no Twitch. You know, I use those finances to uh, to fund all of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, we get people on the show. You know, if you're a patron and you're in the right tier, you just get in touch with me and we'll organize a time and you can come on and you can talk about whatever the hell you want. I enjoy it. It's really cool meeting the community and coming back for, uh, well, probably the maybe fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, maybe in tenth time, it's my man Nick. Nick, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm not feeling well, Simon. And it might be because of Super Showdown. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm lightheaded. I'm stuffy. My throat is, I sound like Jim Cornette right now. Just so miserable. Well, but but listen, man, I'm, I'm glad we're talking and you can lift me up. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll try and make it positive. We'll start on a bit of a downer, which I know sucks, but I want to get your impressions. I, I think I already know what they are. The, the big talking point right now in the world of wrestling, of course, is Bray Wyatt and uh, Goldberg. Goldberg won the Universal Championship. Everybody's losing their minds. I've kind of made my opinion very clear on it. As a fan, a little bit baffled, but as a, you know, you take a step away and put your business hat on, I can understand what WWE's going for. It doesn't mean I agree with it, but at least there is uh, an idea. Like, you know, it's not, to me, this isn't as bad as Hell in a Cell 2016, for example, because I was like, well, what the hell are we doing? At least now I can go, well, I don't agree with it, but at least I get it. Anyway, dude, let me know your takeaway about it. I mean, did you see it coming? Maybe you wanted it to happen. And, and well, just, just give, me, give me your thoughts. That's all I want. I just want some thoughts. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think <laughs> no, it's true. No, no, no. Um, no, that's that's not all I have to say. Um, but listen, the thing you have to remember is that, you know, with, with these Saudi Arabia shows, you know, I mean, all you have to do is look to the, the previous shows they've done and all the stuff you hear, like, behind the scenes, like uh, how the uh, Saudi prince wanted these older wrestlers who either can't go or are dead, you know? So... <clears throat> Sadly, they're. I, I mean, I really don't want to turn this into a, into a, a, more serious than usual situation. But you know, sadly, you know, they're just stuck in the past over there, and so, you know, that's why we had, um, you know, Goldberg squashing Ricochet. No, 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 Rock squashing Ricochet. Sorry, um. The Undertaker making a surprise appearance and winning the Twake Trophy that he that he wasn't even a part of uh, in the first place. He was just there as a surprise, and then obviously Goldberg winning the Universal Title in under three minutes. I timed it. It was like three seconds under three minutes. That's how <laughs> long the match was. I mean, it's a typical Goldberg match, you know, squashy, squashy, win, win, you know. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like. The, the Saudi shows are there to pop the Saudi audience, you know, and sadly, the the legends and all that, sadly, they're just more over than the current roster. I mean, you, you can make a special case for some of them. Like, you know, when, when AJ came out in the gauntlet match, I mean, the crowd really, they know who he is. They, they know his level of star power. It's just... As soon as the Undertaker came out, like all that was taken away, you know. Mm. No, no, I, I totally uh, agree. So, yeah, it's like 
and I, I, I don't know. Like that's just my opinion because that they're there to pop the Saudi audience. Because because if the Goldberg had had won the Universal Title from the Fiend here in the States, it would have got a it would actually would have got a massive uh, negative reaction from from the live attendant crowd. You know because just. I don't know. Maybe we know better. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, like I said, I don't want to make this into a very serious negative situation. But yeah, what? Th- those are my thoughts. How, how do you feel about the fact? Because I can see worth in Roman Reigns versus Goldberg at WrestleMania 36. I can also see worth in John Cena versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 36. These seem to be, yeah. you know, the, the strongly rumored matches. And I think we found out over the last few weeks you can never, <laughs> never guarantee anything when it comes to WWE. But. Obviously, I understand the long-term problem because Goldberg and John Cena won't be here in mid-April and we are going to have Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. And of course, that all depends on the outcome of those two matches at Mania. But even with this, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, even with these shenanigans that we've just experienced, do you think that ultimately it makes for a better WrestleMania having those two matches as opposed to the original Ruben matches, which of course were Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns and John Cena versus Elias with Goldberg not on the show at all? Well, for one thing, you know, John Cena and Elias would have actually been like a long-term story, which WWE doesn't seem to do a whole lot, you know, going all the way back to the previous WrestleMania when when he, when he John interrupted Elias as Thugonomic Cena. But... I, I think it's all, you know, once again, I, I'm I'm taking a stab here into the trying to read the, the crazy, insane mind of Vince McMahon. But he, I think he's I think he pictures like a big uh, marquee like tagline that will begin to intrigue people. And so if you were to put Roman versus Goldberg, spear versus spear. I mean, I'm, I imagine Vince just salivates at something like that. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the headline alone will just grab people in. Or, uh, or you know, um, I'm, I mean, I've seen this floating around on the internet, so I'm pretty sure this hasn't come from Vince's mind yet, or at least he hasn't taken credit for it. But I've seen, like, you know, fan art of, you know, promoting Undertaker versus AJ, Phenom versus phenomenal, you know, it, it, it's, it's taglines. It's, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's kind of an old, uh, old school way of marketing, you know, like with Hogan and Savage, you know, mega powers explode or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally get you. And I think there's worth in that. Like marketing is really important, but I think it's got to come at it from the, it's got to come at it from the proper angle, right? You can't, you can't build it up. You know, I, th- I think that's my thing with all of this. Is I don't think this was ever the plan. I think that you know Goldberg did that massive rating on SmackDown, and everybody started to think, "Oh my gosh, this is the thing to do," and they jumped on it. Because I, 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 I totally believe if we had done Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg, but we had more of a build, and we didn't just have a couple of TV appearances, one of which, of course, was via Skype, which is never going to, mm-hmm. to get people all, all jazzed up to to any great degree. I think we probably could have ridden this storm a little bit. I think we could have told a better story, and obviously, it would have given us more time to get a get out clause. And that's the other thing for me is it's not necessarily about where we end up; it's how we get there. You know, the journey is so important when it comes to these kind of decisions. And having, I understand with Goldberg, you have to do a sub five minute match. And I want to see Goldberg sub five minute matches. I enjoy them immensely. But you needed to bring in the Bray Wyatt experiment to this idea as well. And you needed to sit there and think, okay, what do we do to ensure that we get out of this in the situation that we want without ruining all this investment we've put in Bray Wyatt? And it didn't seem like we did that at all. It was just like, oh, he could just be speared loads of times. But that doesn't work after you've seen him in Hell in a Cell basically being murdered and he gets up from everything. That, to me, is the problem. It's just that the the structure of the match it didn't really serve anybody. It, it felt very thrown together. Like you say, it was sub three minutes, probably could have gone a little bit longer than that. And I, I was invested in it. You know, when Goldberg and White were making their entrances, I was like, man, what a crazy situation to be in. I never thought I'd see this kind of match. I am intrigued to see which way it's going to go. I just think we could have put more bells and whistles on it, whatever that would entail. And you could say, well, Simon, you're not throwing any ideas out there. Well, it's not my job to do that. But I think we could have introduced a couple of more bells and whistles, which ultimately would have helped both guys and 
you know, allowed Goldberg to win this championship without the the fallout. Because that's the other thing. I do like a good wrestling internet meltdown. I just do. It's just fun watching all the opinions get thrown around and everybody searches for, um, you know, opinions and, and things like that. But it does get a little bit long in the tooth when it's always associated with the Saudi Arabia shows. You know, it, it, something always happens. We go, why do they do this? And don't forget, all this is compounded by the fact that on top of that, Ricochet absolutely destroyed. The, the Ricochet one is worse for me. It just is. And of course, Undertaker beating AJ Styles with just one chokeslam. I think you can get away with two. Uh, one, sorry. Two's a little bit of a stretch. When you've taken three guys that are fan favorites and you do this to them, of course you're going to piss people off. And look, if you want to piss people off, that's fine. It's your company. Do whatever you want. But again, it just seems kind of short-sighted to not realize that's what's going to happen. Right? Yeah, goodness, said it better. Yeah, that's what I don't get. I mean, we'll see what happens at WrestleMania. I think Roman Reigns will win the title. And I do think that John Cena, well, actually, I don't know about John Cena and The Fiend. I think it's too close to call. I mean, what did you think about the, let's talk about those other matches too. What did you think about Ricochet and Brock? Because I knew it was going to happen. Like, you can go watch my predictions on what culture right now. I said this was going to happen. But it still doesn't mean I can believe it when I see it, you know? It still took me off guard. I was still like, because again, that one, you could have had that match at that length but still gotten Ricochet in with a couple of cool moves. That's that one. I, I, I can't have it. Goldberg, why I can explain in my head. I can't explain those two at all. Yeah, it's, it's really tough because um, I don't know. Brock Lesnar is yet another, <clears throat> excuse me. He's another weird specimen because it's like when he's, when he's on like the, the big major, uh, pay-per-views like any of the big four, you know, or whatever, you know, he's actually, his performance is actually enjoyable, you know. Um, last several uh, singles bouts he had were, I thought were pretty stellar. And, you know, I actually like the fact that he dominated pretty much half of the Rumble match earlier this oh, year. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Me and, too. And then, you know, it took a kick to the dick from Ricochet and then a Claymore from McIntyre to eliminate him. And and it was a great moment, you know, because because uh, Brock just he he, he uh, did his part in that. But strangely, when it comes to these Saudi shows, the, the, his matches are always either awful or just questionable. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, I mean, he's obviously getting paid more to to perform at the Saudi shows for obvious reasons, but I don't know. It's, but I do agree with you. Like why? I mean, I would have been okay with, uh, Ricochet, like trying to hit a few like high flying moves, but Brock just counters every single one of them. You know, I, I'd rather have that than just, Oh, you're gonna try and drop kick me. I'll swat you away. Suplex, suplex, suplex F five done. I would have taken, I mean, if you've seen like Ricochet's entrance, you know, he, he kind of shows off his athleticism during his entrance alone. And it's like, how are people going to invest in him if he's not allowed to do that? Um, well, I guess, so I guess they, I yeah. guess they know it was just like a big example of where they see Ricochet, right? This is where they see him. You're a guy that will bring in, and we can put in this kind of situation, this position, but we don't believe that you're, I mean, things change. Obviously, you know, if you told me Jinder Mahal was going to be champion, I wouldn't have believed you. But it just underlines that, no, no, you've got your position. We don't expect it to be any any bigger than this. And we're happy to put you, like I say, in positions where someone just, because I mean, the thing for me was, if you're going to do that with Ricochet, why have that big video package of him saying, I'm going to do this, I'm <laughs> going to do that? Because I don't, mark, look, that's not true. Let me rephrase that. If you want to have Gold, uh, Brock Lesnar just destroy him, okay, fine. But when you have the video along with it, it just kind of makes it kind of takes the piss out of Ricochet, right? That's what it does. <laughs> it does. It takes the piss because now he looks like a bigger jackass than he would have done otherwise. He's all like, "Ah, oh, you have no idea what I'm going to do. You have no idea what I'm going to do." And then he falls on his ass straight away. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, well, what, what, what? Why do that? That's what I don't understand. That's when I get really confused because it didn't help. Brock Lesnar didn't defeat anybody bigger than he already was because he's Brock Lesnar. And and Ricochet doing that just, you know, screwed him up even more. I know. And like I said, it goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, the, 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 
the Saudi people are just really old school and they would much rather see the old school guys go over than, than the new guys. I mean, th- there were signs all throughout because, you know, like you said with uh, Ricochet, they, they hyped them up in the video package. Barely got no, no offense in whatsoever. Yeah. He attempted a drop kick, but it didn't land. So technically zero. Offense. Oh, nothing. They got nothing. Um, Absolutely nothing. And then even AJ Styles in the Gauntlet match. I mean, it's one thing to. I understand he was taunting our truth, but seeing him dance around like that for as long as he did just kind of made him look like a twat, you know? No, not, that, that did make me laugh. I know what you mean, but I was laughing. AJ Styles just makes me laugh. I completely understand what you're yeah, saying, yeah. but I did, uh, yeah, I, I did crack up. I love AJ Styles. He's so funny. He's such an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want people to take that the wrong way. You know, uh, AJ has the, the charisma and everything. Um, He's great. So, but, but again, it, and then that also ties into the finish of that when he was beaten with just one choke slam after he was pretty much a fresh guy, you know? I mean, <laughs> I remember seeing a tweet from Jack the Jobber just said, one choke slam, FFS. I know. Well, that, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, again, it, it's this, uh, you know, this, uh, I can't even think of the right word, but this buildup of all three that is just has sort of confounded me today and left me scratching my head. It's like, are we really... Again, as a fan, I don't have to worry about the long term if I don't want to. I just go watch something else or maybe I grow out of wrestling. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. But are we really so short-sighted, especially when you look at stuff like Jim Crockett promotions and WCW where they did the same things, that we're not looking five to ten years down the line? Because you do need to do that. And it's, it's, it's not like they haven't had this plan. As the Black got a good push, Buddy Murphy. Uh, there, you know, there are guys, I mean, Angel Garza and, and Ricochet and um, uh, Andrade. There are people that are being put into much better positions than they would be before. But I would argue when you take an AJ, so I know he's old than your average bear and he hasn't got that much left but still people see him as a young pup especially compared to the undertaker but guys like aj styles ricochet and uh, bray white could actually be pivotal stones and pivotal cornerstones i should say for your company years going ahead i, I know you've mentioned that they do it to pop a saudi arabia crowd and stuff like that but come on man it's pff, i don't know I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind the AJ Styles one so much at first, simply because it came first, and therefore, you know, it's, it's a build-up of things. But to get to the end of the show and look back and see all of that was a bit like my word. We are we have we have made some interesting decisions this evening. I know, and just one more thing to add on top of that: poor Rey Mysterio. They just flew him out to Saudi Arabia <laughs> just to get his butt kicked backstage by the OC. I mean, why even fly him out there to begin oh, no, with? Just you record know? it backstage, right? Just record it backstage. I know that was very that, that and, was... and he so sorry, but he, and he was meant to be Rusev's replacement as well. No. So it, there's just so many things that just stacks one on top of the other, and you're just like, it's too heavy. I can't take it's it true. anymore. <laughs> what, 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 just to wrap it up on, on Super Showdown, what did you think of the show as a whole? I thought it was terrible. I thought it was a really bad show. Uh, you know, I, I know people go, oh, Millie gave it so many ups. Yeah, I did, but I'm not going to give it down to the things that are okay. But okay also doesn't equate to a good show, you know? So No, you're, you're totally right. Um, I didn't hate the show. Just again, middle of the road, I would say, because there were some yeah, matches fair, that I uh, did enjoy. I, I I would say my favorite match on the card was probably a New Day versus Miz and Morrison. I, I liked it, you know, in hindsight. It won me over. At first, I thought it was a bit slow, but by the end of it, I was like, no, 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 this is good. This is good. Yeah, so I'd say that was probably my, my uh, favorite match. And and also, I know you already mentioned this on Ups and Downs, but you pointed out the Simon Miller sign. I mean, that's always got to pop you, You right? have no idea, man. You have no idea. I'll <laughs> never... I mean, if people are listening and you bring signs to events, you have no idea how much that humbles the absolute life out of me. I'll never be able to get my head around it. But yeah, it, 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 that does make a show good. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm that biased and I'm that fickle. But it's just... Uh, what, what, what an honor. It's true, though, right? What an honor. What an honor for someone to think I'm going to write Simon's name on a sign. It, yeah, it puts a massive smile on my face. And nothing else makes me feel like maybe I did something okay. <laughs> maybe I made something that, that people <laughs> liked. You did more than okay. I Thank you, dude. I appreciate <laughs> that. So that's Super Showdown. Look, the good thing is that in a week's time, we don't have to worry about it. I know it will tie into everything with Goldberg and Roman Reigns, but the uh, the reaction will die down and we can just see what we're going to do. I think everything's okay as long as if we are doing Cena versus Wyatt, uh, Wyatt wins. Then I'm okay. And Roman wins. I'm all right with that. 
I'm all right with that. I think Roman getting a good old, especially if Roman beats him in like 30, 40 seconds, like Seth Rollins did with Brock last year. <laughs> but I think that'd be really good for Roman Reigns. I really do. I think it'd get a big pop. I think people would be surprised. And I think done rightly, it could actually, you know, give some uh, serious momentum to the Bray Wyatt character. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, um, Roman Reigns character. And so would Bray Wyatt if he beats John Cena. John Cena is a superstar. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, and I think that'll help restore a little bit of faith in people that have i'm sure at this point have just completely lost faith in in bray wyatt and, and all of that i mean everyone was saying that the mystique of the fiend was ruined all the way back in hell in a cell and now they're saying it's ruined now it's like i don't know I, i'm i don't think he's ruined you know i'm i'm i don't know i'm probably the last guy hanging on the cliff you know just hoping that Bray will bounce back from uh, this, but, I, I, but we'll, we'll, hang on, uh, it, hang on the cliff, man. No, hang on the cliff. The cliff's a nice place to hang <laughs> off of. And, yeah, and if anyone can, you know, give him a massive rub, it's John Cena. So exactly, I, I hope that happens. Uh, let's look forward as well. Obviously, AEW Revolution is going down tomorrow, which is kind of exciting. You know, you're talking about a pretty big deal, I think, from a, an AEW perspective. I'm certainly excited about it. Cody Rhodes has come out and said that, you know, he has so much faith in this pay-per-view. He can see it becoming a yearly WrestleMania-type deal. Why the hell not, right? It's the best thing about starting a new wrestling company. You can decide which pay-per-view is meant to be your big one. I, like I say, I am. I, I think I'm going to watch it, and I think I'm going to come away if we're taking the television and the momentum they've got, thinking, wow, that was absolutely badass. Where are you at with it, though, man? <laughs> um, it's funny, because... Uh, uh, Oh, sorry. Um, not that long after Super Showdown ended, <laughs> I bought the pay-per-view. So, uh, well, I mean, I was going to buy it either way, but I'm not saying that as a as a whatever. But, yeah, so I bought the pay-per-view. I'm going to watch it because I'm it, – it's a really stacked card, and I think they're, they're going to put out another banger pay-per-view as, as they've been doing, you know? Yeah, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. You know, the I, I genuinely believe that AEW Dynamite that we got uh, on Wednesday is the best show that they've ever done. And outside of that, I thought it was a tremendous go-home pro wrestling show for a big pay-per-view that they were planning. I think they got everything right. I enjoyed myself immensely. Even the women's match, which some people didn't like, I got a right kick out of again. Women's uh, division still needs some structure. But in terms of me sat there wanting to be entertained, and I was... And I, I want to see John Moxley versus Chris Jericho. I want to see Cody versus MJF. <coughs> I want to see uh, Dustin Rose versus um, Jake Hagar. I'm not even into that match that much. I don't think that feud's been particularly great, but I still want to see it. You know, Sammy Hagar versus Darby Adams has been built great. The Hangman Page and the Young Bucks and the Kenny Omega stuff, I think, is fire. Pack versus Orange Cassidy is just bizarre. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things you can look at and go, oh, yeah, I want to see that. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. And if you kind of put that card together in the right way, I think it could be a right old good time. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, say that the reason Dynamite's have been bad or anything, but I think they've actually been really good. But I I believe the reason why they've been so good is because they're building to a pay-per-view. And, you know, you need to build up the hype. Whereas that's kind of why uh, lately NXT hasn't really uh, – been the, been the must-watch show because they literally just had a takeover not that long ago. So, you know, the storm has calmed down and, you know, they got time to, you know, build to what they're doing next. And and so that's why NXT kind of felt a little underwhelming the past couple of weeks and why Dynamite's been so great is because they're building to a pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. And we, I don't know, maybe after Revolution, you know, AEW will kind of die down a little bit it, it it's just the 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 paper uh, jesus um the pay-per-view hangover is what i call it you know because because when you see it it's amazing and you, but by the time it's over you're exhausted and we need some time to to chill out and and start slowly building to the, to the next one so no i, I this isn't like a ratings prediction or anything, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's why AEW's been so good. They're building to a pay-per-view, which is sure to be 
killer. No, you, you're right. When you, when you, it's, it's the same with anything in your life. When you have a focus and you have a goal, you are able to be more motivated because you know where you're going to end up, or at least where you want to end up. So you're like, okay, well, we need to get there. What do we need to do? We need to do this. When you have months and months of TV where you're just kind of trying to link it to the next one with potentially no end goal, always going to be harder. It makes perfect sense. But it's, I think it's great that they can peak in this way, especially because it's only going to be going, what, six months, whatever the hell it is. And we'll run through the card quickly just to get your ideas on this. We've got a pre-show match, SoCal Uncensored, SCU versus the Dark Order. Uh, I don't think we're going to see any, unless it's Christopher Daniels, which I don't believe that it is, because I think they've beaten that too hard over the head. I don't think we're going to find out who the leader is here. I don't think it's the right time. I guess I'm secretly holding out for Matt Hardy. But I do believe the Dark Order will win this. And I think they have to because there's no point, you know, building to this big, oh, who's the leader? They lose all the time. That's crap. You know, that's a, that doesn't make you uh, intimidating at all. That makes you rubbish. Doesn't mean that it won't happen. But I don't think SCU needs to win. I think they're over enough with the fans that they can take a loss and it'd be okay. And I tell you, I'm invested in the Dark Order stuff. I want to know what's going to happen. Yeah, I highly doubt they're going to reveal the Exalted One on the pre-show. That doesn't sound like a very smart thing. To no, do. I don't. You want that? You want many eyes, as many eyes on that as possible. Yeah. So that either has to be on dynamite or during the main card of the paper. I think you got to put it on dynamite, right? You want it on free television. You want everyone to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. so. Um, and then moving on, we have got obviously Pack Pack versus Orange Cassidy. I mean, this could be the most intriguing match out of all other seven that we've got to talk about because. <laughs> I can't see Pac losing, but Orange Cassidy is so over, you've got to kind of treat him with kid gloves a little bit. I mean, I think he could do anything and the fans wouldn't care because they're, they're just so into him. I think this is going to be excellent because finally they'll let Orange Cassidy wrestle and that would get such a big reaction from the fans that even if you never watched All Elite Wrestling before, you'll take to this guy just through the, the noise alone. But again, I, I don't necessarily think you'd want Pac just to beat him. What would you do here, man? Uh, I don't know, but... Um... I just want to say that I remember, you know, the first time actually seeing Orange Cassidy live. It was at the uh, uh, the during the pre-show of Double or Nothing last year, and you know, seeing him with his hands in his pockets and and doing weak little kicks. I mean, I was looking around like, why why are the people actually cheering this or, or whatnot, you know? But the more I saw him, I'm like, all right, I get it now. Um, it's part of his gimmick, you know, he's basically, you know, he doesn't try. And so just being like really chill and laid back, uh, you know, it it connects with the fans in, in a very unique way. And I'm not trying to say I hate Orange Cassidy, I really don't. But at some point, I become that guy that's like, okay, I kind of want a little more from Orange Cassidy, you know? And so, you know, when... Uh, when uh, the the match was announced and Chuck Taylor said he's gonna try, in my head I'm like, well he better because in a way I'm, I'm just a little bit running out of patience with Orange Cassidy because if if he is if this is like the other part of his gimmick where when he tries he's actually an amazing wrestler then I'm fully on board with this guy you know I, I mean I'll still you know have a good laugh at his little. Uh, chill shenanigans during you know other matches and stuff but but yeah if, if he actually puts in some effort then yeah i'm 100 percent on board with orange cassidy as everyone i else. think that's what this match is about i think this match is exactly to do mm-hmm. what you've just said to show people oh look he can also wrestle and he's also you know got this character and this gimmick do you would you have him win would you have him beat pack or do you think that's too much i would actually have pack winning because um because that would probably put Orange Cassidy over even more because it's like, oh, my God, he's actually trying, but it's still not enough. You know what I'm saying? Because Pac is just being too much of a bastard <laughs> that he's got, you know, he just has that extra edge over Orange Cassidy, you know. And and I presume that they still want to keep Pac really strong. I mean, I mean, hell, he was booked pretty strong in the Ironman match, which was really stellar, even though he lost. But. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I can't see Orange Cassidy going over Pack on this one. No, I'd be surprised, but you never know. You never know. I think there could be some shenanigans there, but yeah, I think, I think Pack is the, um, is, is the bigger priority right now. Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's Championship. I like both of these women. I really do. I think Nyla Rose as the, the monster works for me. 
And as stupid as the Kristatlander gimmick is, I'd be lying if I said I don't like it. I do. I'm an idiot. You can get mad at me as much as you want. It makes me laugh. And I desperately need to know whether she thinks she's an alien or she's absolutely an alien. I don't think I will get this question answered for me. But there's again, there's no point in me sitting here and just going with the rhetoric of the internet. It's not true. I like it. It makes me laugh. It makes me chuckle. I find her entertaining. I don't think she can win here because I think you need to keep it on Nyla Rose. But we will see. Yeah, Nyla just won that belt, and um, and yeah, to for I'm sure Chris Statlander will put up a hell of an effort, but yeah, the, Nyla takes this one. Yeah. They really need to keep her strong and make her a dominant champion. She she needs to be she needs to be champion longer than Riho was. Yeah, oh, to yeah. Really, yeah, absolutely. Really establish her dominance. Mm, totally agree. There's no there's no need to rush this stuff. Absolutely no need to rush this stuff and. You know, I think w- AEW, I should say, are smart enough to, to book themselves out of that without... It doesn't even have Chris Dattland to lose. Sometimes people lose. Who gives a flub, right? Uh, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara is more interesting. Like Everybody is behind Darby Allen, which I understand, but I want Sammy Guevara to win. I think it does more for the inner circle. I think it does more for Sammy Guevara. Like, there, he's such an asshole, and he's so slimy. I don't think there are so many ways you can get out of this where he doesn't actually win properly. That I would, I would absolutely do that. That that's what I would do. I think it's, it's, I think it's just far more interesting if Sammy Guevara wins, and then where well, you can continue this feud on as well. I think the most important thing is that they have an incredible match, which I think they are primed to do. Yeah, I'm all right with this one. Yeah, and I mean, as far as the 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 rest of the inner circle, it, it's really like hard to decide like who wins and who loses because. I don't think Santana and Ortiz are even on the show, are they? Uh, no, I'm sure they'll be involved, but no, they don't have a match per se. Yeah, in fact, I'm probably willing to predict that uh, they'll get involved in uh, Sammy and Darby's match uh, to help Sammy win and help keep that feud going. Um, because, well, I mean, we'll get to the other members later, but yeah, I can. I see Sammy going over with the help of uh, Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, I, I, that's what I like. And then you can get mad, and Darby Allen is is protected you can build to another match down the line maybe even do something on dynamite i just think it makes all the sense in the world i don't think you need to overcomplicate it jake hagar versus dustin Rhodes. as i've said before i'm not massively invested in this but i still want to see it jake hagar's first match dustin Rhodes's chance at redemption i don't know i think it's a tough one to call i get because it's jake hagar's first match with oh he's got to win he's got to win i don't necessarily know if that's true i think it all depends on what the plan is later down the line like as a fan if i'm invested in what i'm seeing i think the general consensus with dustin Rhodes at the moment is that we all love him and he's great and he's the best so if he does win there's probably going to be a kind of a feel-good factor for that which may actually be better depending on what else you want to do for the rest of the card and i don't know whether i care enough about jake hagar you know, I don't know whether, to me right now, there's a kind of a disconnect with him. Again, it's probably because he needs to have more matches and he's just stood there with a with a blank look on his face, which has been entertaining <laughs> to a certain degree. But I think this is my Orange Cassidy. Now I'm like, I need a little bit more. But yeah, I, I don't massively mind if, if, if Jake Kagar doesn't win here. I don't think I would be so put out by it at all. Yeah, I, I was kind of in the same boat as everyone else. Like, oh, this, this should be an easy win for Jake Hager because it's his first match. And because it's against Dustin Rhodes, you know, we all know Dustin is a legend in the game and <clears throat> he doesn't really, uh, I'm sure he would much rather uh, put over someone yeah, else totally. if, uh, if the situation uh, needs it. And in this case, I think Hager needs it because like you said, he, let's see, he debuted on the first episode of Dynamite, didn't he? It was a long time ago now, yeah. Uh, it was a good few months. It, yeah, so we're, we're coming up on like about half a year where he hasn't wrestled at all, so... And he's just been Jericho's uh, big heavy. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think Jake Hager needs to win this uh, just to kind of make people take him a bit more seriously than they already do. And then I'm sure we'll see a rematch at some point and Dustin will get his revenge and we'll all be happy. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's true. I think you want to keep – you want to make sure when you come out the other end of this, the inner circle don't feel like a bunch of dopes. You know, like they, they don't win that much, which is fine. They don't have to. But I think you, you want to tread carefully. And this could be one of those matches where, you know, you can have an e- not an easy win, but a, 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 a sensible win for Jake Hagar. 
and take it from there. Uh, right, so we, we, we get to our three, I call them co-main events, not really. But I'm putting Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks in there because I could not be intrigued anymore about this. I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, it stands to reason that Hangman Page may turn or do something unjust and run towards to win. But maybe you give it to the Bucks. Maybe Kenny Omega and Adam Page absolutely implode all together. There's so many different routes they can go with this. And the way they treated it on Dynamite, I thought was next to perfect. It felt real. It didn't feel, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember the right word, but it didn't feel whatever that word I'm looking for. It was, it was honestly, it was there. I was already invested in it, but that one interview, you know, you can kind of pick and choose who you like more. Sure, Matt and Nick Jackson were acting more like heels, but maybe you agree with them. I'm totally on Hangman Page's side. I think all of them, as well as Jim Ross, were horrible to the poor man. So I hope that he does, he does get his revenge here. But given how talented they all are, and given how much this Kenny Omega and Adam Page tag team works, we all know what the Young Bucks can do. Genuine potential, even with everything else we've got, could be the match of the evening. Could absolutely be the match of the evening. Yeah. Um, this one's really tough because, you know, everyone's expecting a heel turn of some kind, especially in this match, just because of the way it's been built. And let me ask you, what do you think would probably be the more likely situation? Hangman turning heel or Kenny and the Bucks turning heel? I don't think... I don't, I don't think you get Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks booed by that audience. I think you'd really, really struggle to do it. So I think even if you are planning to book it that direction, it's probably best to rethink it. Although with that said, I think you're also going to struggle to get Hangman Page to be booed now because people have fallen in love with him because his character is so good. And that's why I find this match so fascinating. I don't know what you do. And maybe you just stick to the plan. You know, maybe so many, it's kind of hard, isn't it? Like sometimes you want people to stick to the plan, but sometimes you should call an audible depending on what the fans are doing. Maybe there's a way you can turn the Bucks heels by themselves. Again, they were heels back in the day, but you know they, everyone knows they're a pivotal part of the company, so that could be tough too. There are many different directions you can go in, but I'm I don't know which one is right. I really, really don't. I, I, I that's why I love you know wrestling matches like this when I can sit here and actually go. I don't know what they're going to do, and I have no idea what I want them to do either. I think that's why it's one of the best feuds they got. No, you made you made an excellent point, and it's like it doesn't matter who turns heel or if anyone's going to turn heel in this situation, they're going to get a face reaction because they're just so beloved by the AEW audience. And, and I mean, I'm not the person to be questioning that because I still like a good face heel dynamic, but I don't know. This one really tough to call. Um, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll go with the easy answer. Bucks win and Hangman turns on Kenny. Dude. That's what I'm going Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know if they're going to do it, but it certainly makes sense. Uh, what about MJF with Wardlow versus Cody Rhodes that probably has Arn Anderson <sighs> in his corner? I'm all in on MJF winning this. Like, this feud has by no means peaked. There's so much more you can do with it. If Cody just wins, you kind of draw a line under it and you move on. I think you've got to have MJF win and you've got to have him come out on Dynamite and just be the most insufferable prick Ever, I, I think if you don't do that, you are, you, you just, you're just missing something. You're just missing something. So yeah, man, what can be said about Cody? I mean, would you say he's the best storyteller in wrestling right now? Because yeah. I, I think yes, I, I, I would, I would say yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Cody can pretty much never have a bad match. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I guess probably if I had to choose like his most underwhelming one, it'd probably be the one against Sean Spears. Just like one match and it's done. Yeah. But and that's probably the one uh, situation uh, that I have with Cody at the moment is like he's kind of like burning through feuds pretty quickly ever since AEW started. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like if he beats MJF here, I mean. I'm sure they'll find like someone else to for Cody to feud with, but again, I think in my just in my personal opinion, he's kind of burning through feuds too quickly, you know, because he had the one match with Dustin, which was amazing. The one match with Sean Spears, uh, the championship match against Jericho was great, but again, it's like he's he's burning through everybody, and I I kind of want. Uh, Cody to take his time with uh, some of these feuds. You know what I'm saying? I a small part of me will be disappointed if Cody beats MJF. 
I mean, I'll be happy that, you know, he, he put that dickhead in his place for sure. But it's like, it's like, okay, it's like, wh- what now? Yeah. You know? no, and and yeah. I, I really don't like to have that thought like, okay, what now? You know, I mean, I'm sure it's probably going to be the match of the night, but just again, if I have to ask, okay, what now, then that'll probably be the, the one disappointment. Yeah, I, that's why the MJF's got to win. You got to extend this out. You got to, you got to give MJF that ammunition. You got Wardlow there. He can do whatever he wants. It could be a suspicious finish. That's fine. Make me hate um, uh, MJF more and make me love Cody even more than I, than I thought I could too. You know, do both of those things. <laughs> Uh, and then build to some crazy stipulation down the line. I know we've already seen a cage match uh, between Wardlow and Cody, but there are other things that you can do with MJF and Rhodes that we haven't seen. So if MJF doesn't win here, I'm not going to react badly, but I'll be baffled and I'll be intrigued to see what they have planned for Wednesday. I think you've got to give it to MJF. you just got to. just got to give it to MJF, 100%. And obviously you've got your main event too, Chris Jericho versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. The more I think about it, the more I think now is the time to pull the trigger on John Moxley. Because I think sometimes fans, when you want something so much and you don't get it, you often can go too far in the other direction. So I don't think it matters if he doesn't win. I think Jericho has been so good that, you know, whatever, really, if I'm being completely honest. But I think there is something there with John Moxley. And I think when you have a face that that's over and people love him to that degree, if you want to try and, like I say, make it happen, I'm not saying you're going to miss your opportunity, but maybe you will at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um, again, uh, this match is hard to call as well because, because um, again, John Moxley is probably by far one of the most over guys on the roster. Oh, yeah. uh, Jer- Jericho right now killing it as top heel, um, as he always does. But it's again, it's a matter of if Jericho loses, where does he go from here? I mean – is he just going to go like, I don't know. I mean, sadly, like Jericho kind of has no place to go, but down really. Um, cause, cause he's been the top champion for a long time. And yeah, if Moxley wins and it, it'll be amazing if he does, but then again, it's like, what, what's next for Jericho? I mean, he can, I mean, he, there's still plenty of, like, good talent on that card that he can feud with, but, man, so tough to call. In fact, I'll, I'll even uh, do a little fancy booking here. I think it'd probably be better if Jericho wins at Revolution, but he obviously wins in a dirty fashion. And then... We have the big rematch at uh, Double or Nothing because uh, that's coming back to Vegas this year, which I'm going to, by the way. Well, that would work, right? That would. I think that that's good booking. And then, you know, people like yourself, they're going. They're going to be mad excited. Yeah, like go back to the place where it all started. You know what I'm saying? I think that would tell a very um, a much bigger story in the long run to have Moxley win the title a year after debuting on the same show that he debuted Dude, on. Nothing wrong with that, man. They're smart. Keeping it simple again, as always, right? Which is the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be all right with it. I think as long as John Moxley wins, it's soonish is the key. You can, you can, I'm not, I don't think they're going to, but you can miss the boat sometimes with these things when, when the fans are just, uh, uh, just desperate for something. But I think it's going to be a good show overall. And the fact that we umdenard over so many of these, I think is a testament to how well this has been put together. Uh, and I know that the whole WWE versus AEW rhetoric is boring, but unfortunately, <laughs> right now, after this week, WWE is, uh, well, it hasn't, it, it kind of dropped the ball, and AEW looks like it's about to pick it up. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see what goes down. Uh, before we do wrap up, man, originally we were going to do a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, and we weren't able to because I wasn't able to see it because I got ill, blah, blah, blah. But dude, tell me about it because. I mean, we talked about it briefly off air and you said you liked it so much you saw it twice. And I'm super intrigued about this movie just because, you know, Jim Carrey making his sort of big return to feature films in a Sonic film. Just like, how the hell is that even a thing? That's nuts. I've always been a big Jim Carrey fan. But yeah, seeing it twice, dude. So I'm guessing you're a fan. <laughs> Man, we just switched from wrestling to gaming that quickly, didn't uh, we? <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens. Oh, man. Okay. 
So, I mean, I know I've been watching your gaming videos, and you're more of a Nintendo guy. Am I correct? Oh, man, yeah. I grew up on Nintendo. I love them. Yeah, but um, uh, did you play the classic Sonic games on the Mega Yeah, Drive? yeah. No, I played Sonic 1 and Sonic 2. Like, I was never the biggest fan of them when I was a kid. I think mostly because there was this whole idea of like, WWE, this whole thing of Nintendo versus Sega that just got drummed into you. But uh, see, so yeah, I had this idea. But no, I, I still like Sonic, and I always—I never had a, a, a Mega Drive or a Master System. But my cousins did, and I always used to get so pumped to go around their house because I wanted to play Sonic. Right, that was the big game. Right, right. Well, um, I am a massive Sonic the Hedgehog fan. Absolutely massive. That—that's not saying that I don't like Mario. I—I I love them both. It's just Sonic pulled me in that much more. Um, so I've been a fan of Sonic since the beginning. So naturally, when they announce a movie, my first fear is like, uh, well, video game movies aren't really known for being very good, but I'll still check it out. And then when it was announced that Jim Carrey would be playing Dr. Robotnik, my head almost exploded (laughs) because I got my two favorite things from the 90s coming together (laughs) in a movie because... Not only was I a massive Sonic fan, but I've been following Jim Carrey's career from the beginning. I mean, I was like, okay, this is a must-see now. But then the the enthusiasm was pulled down again when they revealed Sonic's original design. I I literally wanted to puke right then and there when I saw it. It was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life, that was. Genuinely terrifying. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, once again, my dreams were dashed. I was like, oh, dear. This is going to be horrible. But then the most amazing thing happened. Um, there was enough uh, backlash and outcry that the, uh, I believe it was the, the the director of the film, took to Twitter and said, hey, guys, we heard you, and we're going to fix it. And it was like, what is happening here? <laughs> you know? like, Like, we actually used our voices, and they heard us. So then when the next trailer drops that featured Sonic's new design, it was such a relief. I mean, I, I took one look at him and I went, that is Sonic the Hedgehog right there. The new design was amazing. So I was like, okay, I am now 100% invested in this. I, I, I have to see this now without a shadow of a doubt. So... So, so I was there for the 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 first screening, like the first screening possible that I could see it, and it's it's great. I mean, it's not, it's definitely not the best movie in the world for obvious reasons because the movie's rated PG, so it's kind of centered towards the the younger audience, and obviously, Sonic goes back to the '90s, so he has a lot more older fans. So I I think that's kind of where the movie faults the most is that, I mean, at least humor-wise, most of it is directed towards kids. Mm. But there are still a few, like, subtle jokes for adults, especially the ones that Jim Carrey drops. I, I'm sure you'll notice them when, when he says them. But, um, yeah, just – Jim Carrey is Robotnik. I mean, if you imagine Ace Ventura as an evil scientist, there you go. That's exactly what I was expecting. That's what I got, and I was so happy. You know, that's he, he absolutely he absolutely killed his role. That he looks like he was having so much fun. I mean, yeah, that's all I needed too. That's all I needed was Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, but he just happens to be called Doctor Robotnik. That's fine by me. You know, <laughs> just be Eggman. That's all I need. I do want to see. It. I am intrigued by it. It's um, like you say, video game movies notoriously have been terrible. But I don't think many of them has had a bigger star as Jim Carrey in them. Somebody will prove me wrong on that note. But, you know, he's a proper Hollywood A-lister. So, yeah, I, I, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's not an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, yeah, and, and that's the most amazing thing is that this could have been a dumpster fire, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was it was just sort of like a middle of the road, like didn't really take a whole lot of risks, but it was still so satisfying to see this come to life in the way that it did. So like, yeah. So so like I said, I saw it twice because I want this movie to make money because I want a Sonic. I don't want just a sequel. I want a whole 
Sonic Universe now. But, like there, there's so much potential now if they're just, if they can just take a few more risks and. Oh my God, it would be amazing. Well, so, I think you're going to get it. I go. mean, the budget was around about $80 million and it's made close to 220. That's all That's yep. all companies need or production houses needed to make a sequel. So I do think you're going to be getting a sequel. And also reviewed okay, like very average reviews. But for, a, yeah. but for a video game, that's massive. You know, oh, it's all right. Okay, cool. It's cool, you know. So I think you will get a sequel and I think they, you'll probably get Knuckles and you'll probably get Tails and, you know, you'll get all the fan service that maybe they, they weren't able to do with this one as they were trying to make it a little bit more widespread. Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely lots of fan service in this film. Easter eggs galore, my friend, I'm telling you. Yep. Uh, us us older Sonic fans will definitely be pointing every single one of them out. Like but, yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I look forward to it. I, I will see it eventually. Well, now that I'm back on my feet, and um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. It's good to it, it's good to hear, and we will, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we'll have a proper chat about it when it's out. I don't know. Other than that, I think that's it, man. Is there anything else you want to throw out there into the big bad world of the of the universe? Yeah, I just again one last apology to the listeners if I've been making some weird noises. I'm not feeling <laughs> well, so I'm definitely going to bed after this and i might eat some soup in a couple hours so oh, dude yeah again if, if any if anyone's been annoyed by my weird noises i do apologize not at all nothing to apologize for you go lay down you go get that rest you get yourself back to 100 percent. thank you as always uh for your support and your time nick i do appreciate it as well no problem simon awesome. and again if you want to come on the podcast you can patreon.com forward slash simon miller 316 any support helps me no end and thank you to everybody that signed up over the last few days shout out to pinsandknuckles.com and pinsandknucklesmerch.com who also support simon Miller's pro wrestling show sign up to my twitch channel twitch.tv forward slash simon 316 we'll see if we can get that off the ground but in the meantime just go over to youtube search for my name simon miller and subscribe to that channel and you can just get a bunch of crazy content and i also have wrestling merchandise at simonmiller.bigcartel.com i hope you enjoyed the nuts week of wrestling i hope you enjoyed this weekend too of course you've got smackdown and aew revolution and we'll chat about all of that next week but in the meantime you take care of yourselves and i'll chat to you soon